I were to give out some advice, it would be particularly to the guys out there, to the boys, it would be to don't be afraid to, I guess, share your feelings about it all or to talk about how you feel honestly about it. This is Alopecia Life with your host, Deanne Graham. You'll hear interviews with specialists in their field and parents who are helping their child move through life while living with alopecia areata, along with conversations with alopecia rock stars who are making a difference. Alopecia Life is here to provide you with support, accurate information, inspiring stories, and life hacks to help you navigate the world of hair loss. Whether you've just been diagnosed or have had it for ages, Alopecia Life has been created to share all the information you may want or need to do alopecia your way. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of Alopecia Life. Our guest today is Skylar Weaver. He was diagnosed with alopecia as a teenager, and it took a toll on both his emotional well-being and self-confidence throughout high school. After years of wanting to go on a motorcycle trip of grand proportions, he decided to start the nonprofit Adventures for Alopecia to combine his dream of traveling 16,000 miles to Patagonia and also raise awareness for alopecia at the same time. Skylar, welcome to Alopecia Life today. Thanks, Deanne, for having me on here. Yeah, I am so excited. I know you and I have been trying to connect over, really, it's been a year and we have been talking. We've just been putting off interviewing because you are on this huge adventure and we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But let's first start talking about your alopecia story and how you were diagnosed and when that all started for you. Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we finally got this get this scheduled. But yeah, I guess so my alopecia story started when I was 16 years old. I was a sophomore in high school. And I noticed a small little bald spot in the back of my head, like so many others quickly was diagnosed with it being alopecia. And in a matter of six or so months later, was practically completely bald. I had uh, lost my hair throughout the spring semester of sophomore year into the summer, and I, I shaved my head over the summer, deciding to rather own it than, than just let it own me, and came back to school the following fall with, without any hair and had to embrace high school with a, a new identity. But then, honestly, I, I've lived with it now for 10 years now, I guess. It's 10 years now. And I have to say it's a part of my identity now. And I, I try to own it as much as possible. I think that's the best way to go about it. Just trying to make it as much as part of my identity as I can and embrace it. Mm-hmm. Clearly. Yeah, that's awesome. And when you did you feel like there was a lot of support for you as a 16-year-old boy? I would say there was not enough official support, I guess, or I wasn't really seeking a lot of official support. There was, however, my guidance counselor actually at my school, her daughter had alopecia. And so when she recognized that I had alopecia and had sold to school the first day bald, she was extremely accommodating and extremely helpful throughout that process. And I think that was actually like a, a subtle but extremely helpful thing to have is, is to know and understand somebody else also mm-hmm. having it before you. I think it's harder without that there, but that was definitely a helpful aspect. I love that. And yeah, who knows who we're going to encounter, right? I mean, right. there's so many people. Did you know her daughter before this? Right. I, I had known her. She wore a wig. I honestly had no idea that she had alopecia. And uh, I only found that out after I was diagnosed with alopecia myself. And then we got talking. And yeah, it was, it was, it was very helpful knowing somebody else um, with alopecia. And I think that's a, a big benefit of having like uh, support groups or attending support groups or trying to seek other people who have it. It just gives you a, a sort of a sense of community and you're less alone in the uh, challenging 
times. For sure. And let's get to the big topic of today. We are talking about adventures for alopecia. I would love to hear how that started for you. I mean, you're a nonprofit, which is amazing. And you wanted to start doing something pretty incredible. I mean, most people in the alopecia community have probably heard about your mission with this, but I want to hear it straight from you. And we would love to kind of share in the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I I started this nonprofit, Adventures for Alopecia, as a way in which to raise awareness, first and foremost, of alopecia. So for a long time, I had wanted to do a grand motorcycle trip from the U.S. to Argentina. It's kind of something I've always dreamed about doing is riding motorcycle that distance across the continents. I figured if I was going to do an adventure like this, I might as well do it for a good cause. And what better cause than one that was so near and dear to my heart. And thus was the beginning of of Adventures for Alopecia. I decided to start a nonprofit for it. And I decided to make a little bit bigger than just myself. And so through this nonprofit, I aim Uh, Really, we aim to grow awareness of alopecia. So through publicity and news interviews and just spreading the word and raise awareness to host support group events along the way. So along the way, I'm trying to meet up with various people with alopecia in all these different countries and to support them in some fashion, whether it's through an organized support group or just meeting up with them for dinner and talking with them about their alopecia experience and giving them the understanding that there's other people out there and that it's not an inhibitor and that you can do anything anybody else can. And yeah, that's kind of our large mission there is to to raise awareness through the nonprofit. Awesome. And do you speak Spanish or Portuguese? Just curious. <laughs> I, I do I do speak a little bit of Spanish. I, I spoke and it got better definitely as I was going throughout the trip. And I spoke a little bit before as well, but it continually improving, I guess I say to myself. Yeah, I think that's a bold move to go to countries where you really aren't you know, super familiar with the language. And, and so that's a that's a big adventure in itself. Definitely. Yeah, that's definitely been one of the many challenges, I would say. <laughs> so let's do a quick kind of map of where you started and where you ended up because you didn't finish, unfortunately, because of COVID. I think originally when we talked, you wanted to be home or done by February. Is, do I have that right? Yeah, yeah. So I initially started out, I started out about a year ago. So in August of twenty. 19, I started the trip from Washington, D.C., heading down through the southeastern part of the United States into Mexico and down through Mexico. And so I had initially planned this trip to take maybe six to nine months was the original goal. But I very quickly realized that there is uh, there's a lot of distance there and it is possible to do it in that amount of time. There's a lot of people who have done this trip in that amount of time. But I realized that I'd be missing out on a lot of the cultural experiences and really just immersing myself into the cultures along the way and and helping people as well. So I did not make it the whole way in six to nine months and I did not really make it that far in my six months on the road. I made it to El Salvador. So through Mexico, uh, then into Guatemala and through Guatemala and into El Salvador where I had to park the bike and fly home for COVID related reasons. And the bike is still there and I'm anxious to get back to the bike. It's being watched by a really friendly family that I know down there. And uh, I'm excited to get back on the trip and keep heading south as soon as I can. But for now, I'm on a short hiatus back home up in the States until I can get back. Awesome. Can you share maybe one of your most unique moments that you didn't expect while you were on the road? 
Yeah, yeah. So um, there's been a lot of different, I guess, experiences that I've had. Some thrilling, some uh, some of these roads that I've been on down through Mexico, quite contrary to what we imagine, what we're used to or comfortable with here in the U.S., and especially on my bike, my motorcycle, which is a rather small and a rather like street style motorcycle, it's not really well intentioned for a lot of the off-road styling uh, riding that I've sort of come across in, in these various countries. So there's been a lot of interesting riding experiences there. Um, some of which maybe were going to one of the, the third tallest peak in North America, believe it or not, not in uh, Alaska or the Rockies. It's actually this uh, old volcano called um, Pico de Orizaba, and it's in the uh, eastern part of Mexico near the Gulf. And so I was able to ride up to not the top quite, but a pretty high point there and experience the beauty of, uh, of being so high up near that volcano. And uh, that was one of the more, more um, incredible experiences of my trip. Uh, and right before that also, I was able to meet with um, a, a children's alopecia projects group uh, there called uh, Grupo Jalapa, based out of Jalapa. And that was also uh, an incredible experience, albeit of a, of a different degree. Yeah. And are you finding that you're making really incredible connections with kids and adults with alopecia on your trip along the way? Yes, I, I, I do. I do. I, I have met some amazing people uh, who have alopecia along the way. And um, some of those have been in, in Mexico, for instance. Um, I met up with um, one, one group from uh, the Children's Alopecia Project, with, uh, which Jeff put me in, in touch with. Uh, and they were absolutely incredible and inspiring. And we had a whole group uh, support group there um, where the families came out. And it was, uh, it was a really fun time. And it was, uh, I, was, I was glad to be able to get them all together. And, and uh, I think they all enjoyed it, as did I. Um, and along the way, also, I've met up with some others in uh, northern Mexico and Guatemala and, uh, and looking for some people in El Salvador to meet up with before I move on. Um, so, yeah, I've met up with some amazing souls, amazing people with alopecia, some of whom have said that they've never met anyone else with alopecia before. It's what I'm starting to realize also is that these countries down there, they don't necessarily have, they don't have the support that we have here in the U.S. or that we're used to. And so for one, it makes it really hard for me to find people in these countries, find people with alopecia who I can meet up with or can support because there's no real organizations down there to contact. But also it makes like when I do make contact and when I am able to meet with them, it makes it, I think, so much more impactful and powerful and inspiring for them to realize that there's other people out there with alopecia and that there are these organizations and these groups. And as I go along, I've tried to connect the people I've met with each other so that they can have a continual source of support once I move along. Awesome. You, I swear it's like you're reading my mind. Every single thing you say, I'm like, oh, I'm going to ask that. Oh, I'm going to ask that. <laughs> and I love it. Love it. <laughs> the name of your nonprofit adventures for alopecia I was looking at your, I think it was Good Morning Washington interview, and you were talking about the fact that you're adventuring while you have alopecia, and it's to benefit alopecia in itself. So I think that's really fantastic, too. Right. Yeah, that's exactly, that is exactly the idea behind it. And it was sort of like, that's, an, that's one of the messages I, I try to get across is that really alopecia is not an inhibitor, you know, you are able to do anything anyone else is able to, and then some maybe. And yeah, and as part of the mission with Adventures for Alopecia, one of the longer term goals we have is, is to eventually 
sponsor adventures for other people who have alopecia to do adventures of their own to regain their confidence and their sense of identity but also to help have them raise awareness for alopecia and give them a purpose and sort of spread that goal and spread that mission out in a self-perpetuating fashion. Yeah. And I think adventures have so many different definitions, right? I mean, we have some people that say, I want to organize a walk or I want to go on, you know, a thousand mile bike ride. And for you, it was your 16,000 miles. I think it's important to think that adventures have so many different faces, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, your adventure can look like anything. You don't need to be on a motorcycle riding across continents. You could be going for a a long hike or a walk, hiking Mm -hmm. the Appalachian Trail or something like that. There's a lot of different ways in which people can adventure in their own ways. And I think that's the benefit. That's the great, that's the great part of it. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So one of the first questions that came up for me when I heard about what you were doing, I thought, what does this guy do for a living? How can he just like stop everything he's doing and and do this? It, It was one of those questions that everybody asks, I think, in their, in their head. They're like, hey, how's this guy doing this? Yeah. So I I used to work in information technology and I was a software developer. And yeah, I saved up some money. I was living a fairly modest, I think, lifestyle, at least trying to. And I also realized having done some travels to Colombia before, I realized that it's quite a bit less expensive in these Central American, South American countries. So yeah, I've sort of just saved up money and sort of used that money to fund the travel and the expenses of the trip and and sort of support myself along the way. I do some remote work now. So one of the side effects of the the COVID pandemic is now everything is virtual and everything is remote. Mm -hmm. Um, But even before that, I was uh, able to work some remote jobs. And so that's helped me bring in some funds for uh, supporting myself along the way. (laughs) And do you feel like I think that oftentimes the support for boys is is really the same as it is for girls and women. Did you find that to be true, you know, as you were growing up? Yeah, I think it definitely is true. So I think when people see guys with alopecia, I think it's oftentimes assumed that it is just inherently easier because there's more gentlemen, there's more there's more guys who are bald, like naturally, not due to alopecia. So you can, you'd be able to fit in more, but I was a sophomore in high school and I'll tell you, I was the only sophomore in high school who was bald, Mm -hmm. uh, who was a guy. So I, (laughs) I can't say that that's true at such a young, young of an age. I will say as I get older now, I am now 26. It's still not, I wouldn't say common. I don't really know of any, many other 26 year olds who are also bald, but there are more for sure than we're in high school. And I think that we're getting there. Um, so I think there's oftentimes the assumption that it is easier because it's more common among guys to be bald. However, it's still difficult from a lot of standpoints. It's still as difficult if you're a guy to have to go through this. And so, so yeah, I think there, I think there's the assumption there and that makes it a little bit more difficult being a guy. Yeah. Do you have any words of wisdom that you want to share with young boys, teenagers, that really challenging time when actually it's all challenging, isn't it? I mean, (laughs) it's it's all all challenging, but you are right though. It is especially challenging, I think, at the beginning. I have a lot of listeners who are parents of young children. The parents of boys also have a little bit of that, like you said, where you know, it's easier for boys and that's what they hear. Oh, you know, he's fine. He's a boy. Men are balding and bald. So it's just kind of a, a natural, normal thing, like you were saying before. I think that is a common, like it's a common pitfall that we all fall into. And yeah, I guess if I were to give out some advice, it would be particularly to the guys out there, to the boys, it would be to don't be afraid to, I guess, share your feelings about it all or to talk about how you feel honestly about it. Like it's easy for us to sort of 
withdraw or, or, or to not withdraw those feelings or to not share those with people. And I think it's okay. Like maybe you have a confidant or your friends or family or your parents who you're able to share these with. And I think that's an important part of it. Like it, it's an important part of going through the process. Like it's not easy and you don't have to do it alone. And I think that's the most important part is being able to rely on the people who do care about you and do want to support you. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And as you go forward, you've raised an amazing amount of money right now. I'm looking at your page right now and I'm like, wow, $31,000. That is awesome to support. The money you raise is going to support and also raise awareness and then also for research. Can you talk a little bit about all of those things? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'll start off by saying that the first question I often get is, is oh, are, are we funding your travel with the donation that we just gave? And, and I think it's most important for me to say that no, none of the donation money is funding my travel. I'm paying for all that myself. And, and so the donations that you are making, that people are making, are going to support those with alopecia directly. And so I think that's an important part that I've tried to communicate as much as possible. And then, yeah, so where is that money going if it is supporting the alopecians? And it's supporting support groups. So like you mentioned, there are materials and, and space and food oftentimes that is associated with hosting and meeting up with people with alopecia throughout out Central and South America. And so a portion of the funds raised will go towards that. We also have partnerships with National Alopecia Ariata Foundation and the Children's Alopecia Project. So I've been in a good amount of contact with both of those organizations. They're both amazing organizations. And so if you do donate to Ventures for Alopecia through the website and in the notes, if you mention one of those organizations, the full donation, 100% of the donation will go towards those organizations. So we pass it on to there. If the donation stays with Adventures for Alopecia, we'll use it for support groups. For eventually, we plan to sponsor adventures for others with alopecia. And so eventually the money will go there as well. Awesome. I'm picturing myself and I'm not going to take advantage of it, but I'll just do this on my own, jumping out of an airplane because I feel like that's like a huge adventure. There's kind of a big thing, right? When we talk about living life without hair or living life under a wig or a hat or a scarf or a head covering of some sort. And a lot of that freedom and the adventure comes from figuring out what your comfort level is, right? And sometimes it's doing something big and bold, like jumping out of an airplane without a head covering on. Well, I know we got to wear a helmet now. So that idea is kind of bigger than just, you know, going, oh, I'm just going to jump out of an airplane. No, I'm going to do it without this. I'm going to feel right. free and I'm going to make a statement. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a huge part about it, embracing your identity and sort of owning who you are. Mm -hmm. So when people are looking to support you, how can listeners do that? How can they find you? So we have a website. It's projectafa.org. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. Adventures for Alopecia are the handles for both of those. And yeah, I think monetary donations go a long way for sure. But if you're not interested or able to donate, that is fine, totally. What we appreciate just as much is sharing news of the adventure with your networks and with, with people who you know, largely because we are like, that is one of our main goals is to raise awareness. And this adventure and hopefully future adventures will gain this awareness and attract this awareness naturally, organically. And so any help you can give us to sharing the adventure and, and sharing news of it with your networks is, is also extremely helpful. Yes. Awesome. So I'll put all of that information in the show notes for people to find you and donate should they wish to do that and to also follow along on your journey when you start, when you restart, I should say, 
good luck to you. And I can't wait to hear about your next destination. I mean, because hopefully that'll be sooner rather than later. Yeah, I just got a, I just got an email today that El Salvador's airport is looking to open in one month. So mm. they might let me back into the country to get my bike and keep going here soon. So hopefully that happens. And I have one last call to action for anybody who's listening. I'm trying to find people throughout Central and South America who I can meet up with along the way who have alopecia. And I think it's much harder than I had anticipated initially. There are some groups and contexts I already have in many countries along the way. But if any listeners here maybe know of any anyone with alopecia along the way who, who I might be able to meet up with, who's a part of a group or not, I'll buy them uh, dinner or lunch or, or something so that we can go and, and talk and chat. And I would really uh, appreciate any, any contacts anyone was able to share. Yes, I will definitely spread the news myself. So fantastic. And I will put again, all that in the show notes. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much, Deanne. And hopefully maybe once I'm back on the road, we can, uh, we can chat again. We will. Yeah, I see a part two coming for sure. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening today. If you know of anyone in Central or South America living with alopecia, contact Skylar so they can make a connection. Finding someone who can help you feel less alone can be a helpful part of the journey. If you're in a position to help with Skylar's mission, please check out the show notes to find out how to donate. If you're just being introduced to Skylar and his travels, his website is a great way to check out where he is and how he's doing. Feel free to share. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Alopecia Life. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. Join our Alopecia Life Facebook group and find out more information at headonlifecoaching.com. The information on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. and is meant for general information purposes only. If you're enjoying these episodes and finding the tips helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to and download podcasts. Yes.